0: Welcome to War Stories. I'm Preston Stewart, and this is a show where we talk about America's military history through the lens of individual acts of heroism and valor. Enjoy. All right. So today we've got another first. Today's first is a soldier, Private Pedro Cano. would be awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. It would eventually be upgraded to the Medal of Honor, but he would receive this award while still not being a citizen of the United States. So Pedro Cano was born in Mexico and moved to the United States when he was, I think, two months old. He he volunteered to fight when World War II broke out, uh, ended up in England, and went on to participate in the European Theater of Operations. But would not be granted citizenship until 1946, so over a year after he returned home from combat. And there's you know, there's stories about how he kept asking while he was um, deployed, while he was in, while he was fighting Nazi Germany, he kept asking his commanders for a route to citizenship. And it it sounds like the answer was always, "Listen, we got other things we're working on right now. We'll get around to it." Um, fortunately, fortunately we did. But just kind of an interesting. Interesting uh, note to to Pedro Cano's story. But so Pedro Cano um, was serving with the 8th Infantry Regiment, part of the 4th Infantry Division, and from England um, moved across the English Channel on June 6, 1944, and took part in the landings on Omaha Beach on D Day. Um, He's one of the first in one of the first waves on Utah Beach that day and went on to fight through France uh, for for, uh, a period of time. Um, as we get into his citation, we're we're talking, we're going to move to a little, uh, North and East as the allies are moving towards Germany, right? So if you're looking at a map, they're moving from France, um, across France through Belgium. Um, and sometimes through Belgium, sometimes not through Belgium, but the idea is to continue to push Nazi Germany, um, kind of squeeze Nazi Germany and, and start to uh, retake the occupied territories. So in early December, 1944, private William Canoe is fighting in the Hurtgen forest. Um, This is an area just across it's in Germany. It's just across the border from Belgium, incredibly wooded, incredibly dense um, and some pretty nasty fighting, all things considered. Um, It's not a super well-known battle. Um, And and the reason for that is this month, December of 1944, is when the Battle of the Bulge begins. And that, the Battle of the Bulge, is really the German last-ditch effort to try to win the war. So they really threw everything they had into this counterattack against the Allied lines right in this area, right in and around the Hurricane Forest, um, where they were trying to drive all the way through to Antwerp. That battle, the Battle of the Bulge, is a major story in American, British, Allied military history. The, the history of World War II, the Battle of the Bulge, is a huge moment. And it's, I think, easy then for the Battle of the Hertgen Forest, which was kind of a lead-up to the Battle of the Bulge, to be overshadowed. Um, in fact, the end of the Battle of the Hertgen Forest was the begin, the beginning of the Battle of the Bulge. But nonetheless, Private Cano finds himself fighting in the Hertgen Forest. Um, serving as a bazooka gunner on second uh, on December 2nd, 1944. His company is moving through the forest when they become pinned down by multiple enemy machine gun positions. So there's not a lot of... Co- it sounds like it's a mix of... Uh, like it's dense, but also not a lot of cover at the same time. So I'm envisioning a lot of... Um, Maybe smaller diameter trees where it's hard to see sometimes, but you're not going to be able to really get behind these and protect yourself from the machine gun fire. Anyways, his unit is pinned down. So, a Private Canoe, the bazooka gunner, crawls forward, crawls through a minefield, um, crawls to within 10 yards of the machine gun position, stands, fires his bazooka, I mean, just about point blank, into this position, killing the two machine gunners, and the seven riflemen that were standing by. Just like that. He then, you know, at this part of the story, I think he has somebody with him that's helping to reload, and he turns and he aims at the second bunker that's pinning his whole company down and fires again into the machine gun bunker, killing the two gunners and forcing the other five riflemen there to get up and flee, likely wounded. It's just like that. Private Kano uh, clears the path for his company to move ahead with his bazooka. As they're moving forward, their sister company comes across a similar issue. They're pinned down by machine guns. They have there's a minefield between them and the machine guns, and they can't move forward. It's it's kind of chewing up their guys. Cano sees this, runs across the front of his lines between you know friendly and enemy fire. Takes aim, crawls again to within 10 or 15 yards of this first position and, you know, rinse and repeat, stands, fires his bazooka, knocks out the machine gun position, forcing others to flee. And again, for the fourth time that day, he moves forward, uh, you know, another 10, 15 yards right up against another machine gun bunker, knocks it out again. That's four. That's four machine gun positions that he knocked out in relatively quick succession on December 2nd. Um, I'm going to come back to kind of my thoughts on this, but the story is not complete. We gotta we gotta get to December third. So again, four machine gun nests knocked out in the span of a just a few hours in the Herkin Forest. December third, they're continuing forward again, and and once more his unit is pinned down. You, you've you've now heard it. So a machine gun behind a minefield, multiple machine guns behind a minefield. So he again takes his bazooka, crawls through the minefield to within 10 or 15 yards of the first position, stands, fires, destroys the nest, killing two upwards of seven, takes aim at the second position, knocks it out, takes aim at the third position, knocks it out, bam, bam, bam. Knocks out three more machine gun nests on December 3rd. That is seven, if you're keeping track. That's seven machine gun positions that he knocks out in two days that are pinning down entire companies of you know, a hundred or so men can't move because of these machine gun positions. Private Canoe moves forward, crawls through a minefield, and then one at a time knocks out seven machine gun positions. He's credited with, with killing upwards of 30 enemy soldiers by himself throughout this engagement. Um that is the action for which he would be awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. Um, and there's a bunch of little odd parts to this story, but, but something I want to focus on is, is how one of the things that's really cool about this story is that there's skill involved. There's some of these citations where, you know, not to discount the bravery to, you know, charge up a hill against entrenched Japanese machine gunners, you know, it's incredibly brave, but there's some level of luck involved to like if, if a whole company couldn't move up there, how on earth is this one guy somehow not getting hit? And and there's there's bravery and and you know a fire in his gut, but but there's some luck. There's some luck that you just don't get hit. In this case with private canoe, there's a big part of this that's skill. You don't luckily crawl through multiple minefields. I mean he knows what he's looking for. He knows what he's doing. He's been fighting now for for you know almost a year. Well let's see. He's been fighting now for six months, not almost a year. He's been fighting for about six months. He knows what he's looking for in these minefields. He moves through them by himself. He knows how to stay out of sight of these enemy gunners. You're not going to approach a machine gun head on in the front. He, he understands how to approach in a blind spot while still being able to engage with his bazooka. He understands how to fire that bazooka incredibly accurately to get it into these nests. It sounds like one shot, one kill over and over again. Like that skill the minefield is skill understanding how to approach these incredibly defensive positions from a blind spot is skill. And it, it, a part of me thinks that he did it the first time and it just clicked and he found this weakness in the German positions. And he said, well, I can just, I can just keep doing this. And he did. Um, So that's something that I think stands out here is there's absolutely luck involved that he didn't miss one of the mines. There's luck involved that, that, he, he wasn't spotted from time to time, but you don't do this seven times with sheer luck. You do it seven times over and over again because you, you you understand what you're doing and you're approaching it in a methodical way and it's very, very calculated. That, I believe, is what makes Private Pedro Cano stand out in his citation here. So um, moving moving forward, I guess, from the citation, he comes back home. He's uh, He has been... He doesn't know it, but he's received the Distinguished Service Cross, the second highest medal for valor in the U.S. Army. He doesn't know it because when he was asked, he was wounded a second time. He received a Purple Heart, wounded a second time. And somebody asked him if he wanted to have a ceremony for this. This is the story. Asked if he wanted to have a ceremony. And he said, no, I already have one. It's okay. And it sounds like the mix-up was the person was asking about the Distinguished Service Cross. He thought they were asking about a Purple Heart, and said, "No, I don't need a ceremony." So he got his Distinguished Service Cross in the mail. Once he was back home um, in South Texas, which is um, that's too bad. That's um, deserved better. So fortunately, some friends and family of his found out about this, put together a ceremony. Um, he's out of the military now, um, but still not a still not an American citizen. They still haven't uh, haven't sorted that piece out. But they do have a ceremony to award him. Uh, properly, the Distinguished Service Cross. He would um, he become an American citizen in May of 1946. He would unfortunately die in a car accident just a few years later um, at the age of 32. But his award would not be upgraded to a Medal of Honor until 2014. So once more, um, I think we're probably looking at a case of um, I just feel this has to do with, um, his being, being a Mexican citizen when he fought. I have, I feel like it has to do with his not, um, being a white American in world war two is probably the reason that this took so long to, uh, to come full circle. You know, it's, it's bittersweet. It's always nice when these come back around and his, um, his family was able to receive the award from president Obama. Great. Um, which could have happened earlier, but, uh, but nonetheless, Private Pedro Cano um, awarded the Medal of Honor for knocking out seven German machine gun nests in the span of two days in the Hürtgen Forest, uh, December second, December third, nineteen forty-four. Hey, thanks for listening to War Stories.